Welcome to Speak Sex. I am your host, Eve Eurydice. Um, I'm your sex whisperer here on the Internet Universe. And today I'm very happy because I have with me a role model and a woman who studied so much in the field of sexology, definitely in the state of Florida, where I am. Um, her name is Dr. Marilyn Volker. And you can find her all over the internet uh, because she's been at this so very long, right? Oh, that's what happens <laughs> when you're almost 75 years old. So oh, that's wow. what happens when yeah. you're almost 75. That's right. <laughs> yeah, so we will have to have a film about your career the way Dr. Ruth had that yes. amazing a film about great her career. documentary. I know, I loved it. In fact, I it was, was so asked, inspiring. I was asked to go to the Jewish Film Festival there to make some comments and really, really amazing so so um, anybody who's interested in, like yourself, who's put so much time, you just keep a log of everything that you have done and, yeah. and documented. It's yeah. great. Yeah, it's we great. have to do that. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so Marilyn, uh, I would like to start, I mean, there's so much to cover, and my emphasis will be on surrogacy, mm-hmm. on sexual surrogates, how one finds them, how it how one becomes one, mm-hmm. uh, because we haven't touched on it at all on the podcast. Oh, then that's so that good. would be the, the main theme of the episode. Sure. But I would like to also get into the span of your career because it's pretty extraordinary. Um, Marilyn was the daughter of a minister, yes, and therefore married the minister. Cause, yes, right. That's <laughs> that's what you did if you had a vagina in my day. You, if you had in a penis, church, you yeah. became a minister. If yeah. you had a vagina, you married yeah. a minister. Yeah. So. Yes, yes. Yeah, my grandfather is, it was a minister. Mm-hmm. I loved him very dearly. And so, yes, my mom is a cantor. You know, mm-hmm. his son, of course, joined the church. So, yes, I understand. Um, and that was in St. Louis. And there was a moment where Masters and Johnsons were there. Right, right. Um, and I don't know if that's when. But anyway, you were you married the minister. You started the church. And I love the name of the church. The French oh, clergy. Oh, French clergy. <laughs> French clergy. Well, you know, the interesting part about this was um, I grew up in... We're all French clergy, well, may right, I say? I think so. <laughs> I grew up in... in my father had a, a, a church in Texas. So in those days, there was no wall. There was no nothing. We went back and forth, and everybody was just fine. And uh, then we moved to Kentucky and Ohio. When, and we were like army kids. You know, moving around. And Mm -hmm, I liked that. Uh, Some of my sibs didn't like the moving so much. But what happened was I was pushed into being visible. And that's a very important part. And I was pushed into meeting a lot of people. Anybody could have been sitting around our table, from homeless people to the mayor to whomever. My mother always had amazing that she could have enough food for everybody. But that was my life. Uh, here, Marilyn, yeah. you're three years old. And that's old. the beauty, you know, of the the church or, you know, spiritual, you know, lifestyle. I mean, I, feel, I, I do it a lot. You know, I feel like even if we don't call ourselves a specific faith, mm-hmm. um, you know, having that openness is spirit work. Yes, you know? very much. It, it's very much driven by like very love much. of humanity and, very much. and support. In fact, that's service. what the surrogates often, uh, right. they really are about finding something more than just body parts, you know, connected. But when we went to the seminary in St. Louis, my former husband and I, um, we uh, were taking all the things in the original language, which is not English, and studying with people who studied what was happening at the time. It's called exegetical study. It's really important to see that rather than just taking things out of context and Mm -hmm. throwing a passage at people. But the interesting part was then... What's the original language? The original Greek, mm-hmm, Hebrew, mm-hmm. Aramaic. Yes. Oh, sure. There were lots yes. of people who were teaching us. And also, you know, we learned that uh, Jesus was not a white boy. He did not speak of English. Not. He's a Jewish guy. <laughs> <laughs> really. So the interesting part about this is, you know, to be sure and yeah. say this. So, uh, But uh, the staff from Masters and Johnson's who were really not only big, but they were bigly uh, criticized, and who are these people? And so they came to the seminary, and they gave a presentation, and they were utilizing surrogates at the time, and surrogate means substitute. Mm -hmm. It was a substitute partner when somebody didn't have one, like 
40-year-old virgins that I work with now in sex therapy, okay? 40-year-old virgins or people who were in accidents and their bodies now have been really changed or soldiers who came back whose bodies, their their partners might have left them and nobody would want to date them. A cerebral palsy person, somebody who doesn't know how their body Mm -hmm. works. And or someone so, who's been through extreme trauma. sexual trauma. Yeah. Trauma. Mm-hmm. And so that part, we were like deer in the headlight because, of course, we're like 20 years old and thinking, oh, my gosh, why do we need to know this? But there are no accidents in my mm-hmm. life ever, ever, So what ever. year was that? That was, all right, hold on. 1969, wow, 68, 69. Mm, that's a great year, 68, 69 in general. That's right. And of course, <laughs> it like was the hallelujah year. Oh, I wasn't there, but see, <laughs> I wasn't the Amazing, alive, but, yeah. amazing. And um, my parents had told me there's nothing nasty on your body. My Marine uncle told me, you better know about your body. But I hadn't really taken any classes in those days. There weren't really any. So... We moved down to Miami. We had a great church. We were working That's with the a fringe Pedro Flinch clergy, Flinch fringe clergy, fringe, and uh, fringe clergy. <laughs> and we worked with the Pedro Pan kids coming, getting them to safe homes. We worked with the Cesar Chavez uh, migrant farm worker kids, getting to be mm-hmm. sure they had information in schools. We helped to start the first um, AIDS. AIDS, uh, AIDS. Mm-hmm. It was called Health Crisis Network. Mm-hmm. Now it's called Care Resource. Here, mm-hmm. it, we started the first. LGBT group well mm-hmm. we, there was no T and there wasn't even a B at the time there was gay and lesbian right and um, yeah. mm-hmm. and of course I worked with deaf people at the time mm-hmm. so we taught the signs for gay and lesbian and lesbian lunch don't get those confused okay lesbian and lunch are reversed that's very yes, funny yes. And so, oh we could spend a whole time on sign language and sex that's for sure and uh, yeah. so that we started but can I say I don't want to interrupt but go. just for a moment just to point out you know to, to our listeners, because very often we think, okay, you know, religion is against sex, and we have to overcome our religious upbringing and our religious, uh, you know, like conditioning in order to be fully sexual. But when we hear the actual history of it, at least the recent history sure. of it, you know, maybe not what's happening in the Vatican, I don't know. But the history of it in America, it is actually the church that is oh, opening many, up, many, you know, people many. to the he- to the sexual healing, many. to the sexual revelation, to the sexual ac- acceptance of each other, whether it's you know gay and lesbian or HIV or uh, in, in Miami, know, surrogacy, in Miami, at the fr- forefront. Yes, in Miami. It was the churches mm-hmm. that started the mm-hmm. first switchboard of Miami, the first mm-hmm. AIDS project. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Dr. Marilyn Usher had the first black men, gay men with HIV in the church setting. Um, some of our wonderful uh, rabbis had uh, opened their hearts and temples to yeah. to yeah. meetings. And yeah. oh my gosh, uh, you know, parents pee flags just, you know, in what, churches. I think what's happened is that you know we have a short memory, or we're or, or or we're young, and we live in a moment where like evangelicals seem to be representative of like you know the religious in the country. Yeah. They're not. <laughs> So, you know, we forget this very important aspect of, like, the inclusivity where, sure. you know, body and spirit are not necessarily divided and separated, no. you know, in in religious practice. And we've had this last conference, we had, there were um, priests and nuns and rabbis who happened to be transgender, and they stood up to say what that was mm-hmm. like for mm-hmm. them. So we've really come uh, extraordinary ways, but it's always, always has been. Mm-hmm. So when yeah. we started the first teen group at Miami Dade, it was because not because of me. It's never because of me. It's because people will come and say, "Do you want to be a we part?" Would like, or, yeah, we, we would like this. a place to mm-hmm. meet. And Mm -hmm. when these 14-year-old young gay boys at Miami Day, this was in the 70s, came up and said, we want a place to meet. And our son was about 14 at the time. I said, where are you meeting now? And they said, it just stunned me. Bars, beaches, bathhouses, bookstores, bushes. Yeah, bookstores is actually not bad. <laughs> not bad. We're behind the do- behind behind yeah, the scenes. Yeah, well, yeah. well, em- empty bookstores. Yeah. Well, <laughs> my righteous anger comes, and there is a point where I'm I'm nice, 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 nice. But there is mm. a point where 
what do you mean? That's mm. the only place you can meet. And so I just marched myself up to Dr. Padron and said, we have to do this. We have to have a place and it has to be named a class mm -hmm. so they don't have to lie to their parents. Mm -hmm. And we have to call it developing your self-esteem. So that was even before the B word, bisexual. That came in later and the T word, transgender. But mm -hmm. all of these things I have been so honored to be a real part of. Well, to get back to the surrogate, because that's what you wanted yes. to. Yeah. Okay, so... I'm learning this information, and there are no accidents. I'm at a party. There's a psychiatrist who happens to have a, uh, you know, taken sex uh, therapy classes as well. And he's saying, like, right here, this distance we are, I wish I knew a surrogate because I have a patient who is a virgin and 40-some years old. Now, I'm standing there, and I'm mm -hmm. a teacher, mm -hmm. and I'm a counselor, and I'm thinking, Marilyn, you could do this because it's really about teaching step by step. Now, we had no training programs at the time. We had no training programs. Like now there's an International Professional Surrogates Association, IPSA, and Dr. K's group down in Texas. But, but, so we were, we just knew we were going by the seat of our pants, but we also followed what Masters and Johnsons had said, you need to have a supervisor so i tap him on the shoulder this is me <laughs> this and i is go you. <laughs> I, I think i, I think can, I do. can do it i think i can do this and he <laughs> looks at me and i go well this is my background this is my, my you think yes but i have to be supervised uh -huh. and so it was about six years of still taking classes and also working in special needs and also being a mom. And, and uh, so the interesting... And, and how often did you do the surrogate work? Well, it's not something you can do 24-7. It yeah. really can be very exhausting. Mm. Um, I probably saw in those six years, probably, I'd say, 50 people. Mm -hmm. That's okay. a lot. And they were extraordinary. Each one had what I call, like we all have BS, backstories, <laughs> and that they all had amazing backstories. And so I just began to follow step by step and was supervised by these sex therapists. And so we started um, first talking about what happened to our bodies or body image. It's called body mapping. Body mapping. Body mapping. And um, what... And, you know, when we started, it was about touch, and there's five types of touch. One was observational touch. How does something feel? Well, what, what happens if you're paralyzed? Where mm -hmm. on your body would you feel Still have sensation. arousal? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It yeah. could be under armpits, earlobes, mm -hmm. out the head. Oh, mm -hmm. amazing, amazing things neurologically. And so then, but we weren't worried so much And everybody's about, different, so you oh, do yes. have to do the mapping. Oh, yes, body mapping. And then we would do these five types. So what types are the types of, of touches? Touch? Observation touch. Mm -hmm. Nurturing touch. Because a whole lot of people never got nurtured. Mm -hmm. And also, sometimes they were nurtured inappropriately, mm -hmm. and then sometimes if they, let's say, um, were shy boys mm -hmm. who got bullied, mm -hmm. and they never, now you have to think, put this in context, they never held hands with anybody, yeah. never. Yeah, Never. We're, yeah. Forget the, the sex even well, part. you know, the masculine, Never. the masculine, you know, uh, aspect Never. of the gender is Never so hugged. In a way of connection, mm -hmm. never kissed, never had On the manual lips, sex, just... oral sex, or vaginal or anal sex. Okay, never, never. Wow. So the interesting part when you're 40 years old and when you see other, so the, the touches are observational, nurturing. nurturing. Then comes one called playful. Playful. But I have to be careful because sometimes playful is a trigger if somebody's got into a playful game and got abused. Because trauma. So right. we've had to be very, very slow. Careful. I assume careful yep. means slow. Yep. Yeah. And then we get feedback. Tell right. me what you liked. Tell yeah. me what you How didn't. How does this feel? Tell me what you would change if you right. did this again, which is, by the way, what we do with couples. Tell yeah. me what you liked. Tell me what you didn't. I do not, surrogates, I do never worked with a married or coupled partner. Mm -hmm. There was people who never had who a, partner a partner and couldn't go mm -hmm. step by step. So then oh, what? we're at we're at observation, playful. we're at nurturing, playful, then comes sensuous, which is very mm -hmm. different than sexual, of the senses. Mm -hmm. And especially somebody whose body parts do not work in the same way or they're paralyzed. Well, 
they have other senses too. Mm-hmm. So of the senses, smells, touch, taste, mm-hmm. all kinds of things. And then comes the sexual part. Mm-hmm. And so we would go step by step where one of the nice things about the surrogate work is that the patient gets to experience these touches and also can give the touches. Mm-hmm. So it's practicing getting confident about looking somebody in the eye. Mm -hmm. I would say a lot of the things that, you know, would put into like, like tantric sex uh, examples, we did, we did the eye gaze, Mm -hmm. we did the Mm handhold, we did, how does this feel? How does this feel to you? Because by the Mm -hmm. time you get to body parts, Mm -hmm. how does, we did body mapping in the sense of looking at our bodies, front Mm -hmm. and back Mm -hmm. and what do you like and what don't you like so much Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. wow so there was confidence i remember one young man oh my gosh it took him two years to take off his shirt Wow. well we were meeting about once a week or so wow and everything was done with his shirt on okay okay he had been bullied and he had cut himself on his chest Mm. and so he was really um but we did some healing touches on the chest too. There were a lot of tears many times. Then yeah, there's I can a, imagine then, a lot oh, of tears. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. And then after each session, then I would call the supervisor. And report. And report. Mm-hmm. And the supervisor would call the patient mm-hmm. and we would go step by step. Remembering if you're going into people's apartments or their homes or mm-hmm. meeting them somewhere that this the supervisor has to interview and see is this appropriate person for sur- this is not the person is it goes, safe for both well yeah. yes safe for both people and this is not the person that goes hey Volker haven't had gotten laid in a long time no no, that's no of not, course not this yeah. is not mm-hmm. this is not yeah. the surrogate yeah. it, um, I can talk to that person um, you know in therapy but but this is not the candidate mm-hmm. if the candidate is using a lot of drugs or alcohol again I don't judge but we want to see Soberness, the, sobriety. Well, also, right. what is your sex response? Right. Oh, that's cocaine yeah. they response. They cannot really or that's, yeah, s- speak see. to how they feel if yes. they're not sober. Yes, because we want to see, working as a surrogate, what your response is. Mm-hmm. Don't judge you. I don't, okay? But, and if a person has needing anger work, that is not the person to be sending a surrogate to. Yeah. Um, and there was one time I had to be very protective of one of our surrogates because now I supervise three surrogates and he got angry even though he knew this is step by step by step he got angry at the surrogate I come in nope nope I came in by phone by phone nope you do not treat the surrogate like Mm -hmm. that remember we talked about this remember you signed an agreement on this Mm. you you get mad at anybody you get mm-hmm. mad at me. Mm-hmm. So, is this covered by insurance or no? It can be. Good. It can be. Yeah. Um, the insurance that I put everybody in. If somebody comes in into a uh, in sex therapy or trauma therapy mm-hmm. that to do with sexuality or mm-hmm. or gender issues, because I work with a lot of gender variant children, and mm-hmm. and by the way, surrogates are not used for minors. It's not right. It's adults, yeah, no, no, I adults. imagine, yes. But yes, yes. I put it under a code called anxiety with mixed features. First of all, I don't think it's their business. I don't think it is the insurance business no, to know about <laughs> yeah. what your private yeah. things are. But anyway, the surrogate work really helped a lot. And, the, um, and I the have real, a question yes. that I'm sure would be in the minds of listeners. At what point does the surrogate uh, uh, t- take off their clothes? Oh, they can. How quickly or how? Well, we can. It can be on the first time if they're comfortable. Usually they're not. But usually it moves from certain clothes taken off, then to underwear, and mm-hmm. then to where there's nudity, and there's snuggling holding, there is a shower event. Remember, things that those of us who have been, I'm going to intimate say blessed the, and yeah, intimate to yeah. have good and bad experiences, mm-hmm. but they've never had. Mm-hmm. They've never been soaked up in a shower where we're not even worried about erections or lubrications or mm-hmm. right now we're not worried about having intercourse we're mm-hmm. we're concerned about can you relax and feel mm-hmm. because when you relax and feel ah now your body's 
neurologic system, the autonomic nervous system. Ah, So a lot of people come in and they have erection problems because they're scared. Okay, mm-hmm. so why would we start on the penis, right? On right. that moment. Yeah. So we don't. We have step mm-hmm. by step by step, mm-hmm. snuggling, holding, what we call um, saying good morning, good night to the body. And um, by the way, we do this. We also do this with couples. Same step by step by step. If they have a partner, same step by step. There's always a communication after. Um, and one communication of, uh, is what to did you like? What, uh-huh. what didn't you like? Mm-hmm. What would you change? Any mm-hmm. questions about? We're also concerned if they have any diseases, any meds that could get in the mm-hmm. way. For sure, that's why. I there, like the but there is also communication throughout, or no? Or do you just play music and just try? Oh, it to could be music. It mm-hmm. could be music. It could be uh, some people like the smells, you know, of the senses, um, and other people do like to have some conversation. Mm -hmm. Usually we like, though, let's try different ways. Let's try some things Mm -hmm. in silence. Let's try music. Mm -hmm. Let's try Mm -hmm. scents. Let's see what goes on. Breathing exercise. Breathing is a big one. Breathing is Mm -hmm. very big. Mm -hmm. Eye open, eye closed. And if if people have gone through trauma, there are triggers that we Mm -hmm. have to be very careful Mm -hmm. about. And so then we can rework and remembering they're going to see a counselor too right so then i can say as the surrogate it was so amazing because i really value the surrogates that i supervise now one man and two women and there are uh, lgbt surrogates as well around the nation but the interesting part is i could ask a patient on a scale of one to five how relaxed are you Mm -hmm. and they may say but when a surrogate goes in and does some of this touching and seeing, oh my gosh, then I get feedback that's really wonderful, yeah. really wonderful feedback and yeah. suggestions. Yeah. And so. Yeah, because it's specific. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yeah. mean, I personally feel a lot of like psych- psychological work and therapy should be at that level because to just leave it at the level of language seems to me way too abstract and indirect, right? right? right. And also not personal enough, because right. language has been invented. Well, first of all, it's patriarchy's language. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it perpetuates you know, all kinds of cliches. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but also language has been invented to kind of be understood by the lowest common denominator, by, by, by most of us. Yes. So as a, as a result, it doesn't really express individual personal truth so well. Um, but imagine if, you know, this were the norm and the psychiatrist with a proverbial couch used the couch for, for physical, you know, uh, therapy as well. You know, and if the psychologists were able in, in general, you know, to, to take, uh, you know, touch, mm-hmm. the five mm-hmm. steps of touch or breathing and incorporate them in the healing modalities that they use. I think that it would be like tremendously beneficial and make a lot of progress for people who kind of go in a loop, you know, from therapist to therapist, from right. meds to meds, um, right. and, you know, cannot get out of the darkness because after all, you know, love and nurturing is what gets you out of the darkest spots. I have, and I have to say the reason that I'm very cautious because I've been on both sides is that a lot of people have never had this. And I work with special needs kids, and some of them have their space issues. They don't want to be touched. They can send me a touch through an emoji. Mm-hmm. They can say, mm-hmm. see, it depends on right. the... And mm-hmm. what if I looked like, reminded somebody of their abuser? Mm-hmm. So not only because of laws, but because of attachment. Now, I have to also be careful because a lot of people attach themselves to me. And I'm not even talking about the surrogate. I'm talking about um, attach Mm themselves because they didn't have, oh, I want to see you. And and when we're done with, when we're actually done with, Mm -hmm. that's why we have to have people on our dream teams. We send them to massage therapists because we want them to be nurturing. We want to have that skin 
Remembering. Well, the supervisory aspect is very important. Yes. So, however, it might it, yes. it could be incorporated yes. in more general practice, which I think it should. The supervisory aspect is super important for both sides. And also, you do have, I'd have to say, in my years, mm -hmm. you have people that take advantage of very vulnerable people. And so we've had some, not only medical, not only religious, mm -hmm. mental health people mm -hmm. who have forced people to have sex with them. Oh, yeah. But in a same kind of like, oh, here we, you know, this is safe. Oh, this yeah. is like the, so oh, Yeah, but that happens. I mean, that happens. I have stories yes. of therapists that yes. have nothing to do with surrogacy yep. or anything, and yep. they have definitely taken advantage That's of right. sexual of That's their, right. So of, people of do need so to come speak up and out. Having the, yes. the supervisor or even a double supervisor mm -hmm. set up is, is amazing for that. You know, That's a safety factor. Right, yeah. That is a safety factor and yeah. when because this is the point when the surrogate work is done and when it's done is when the patient feels it's done um, sometimes you go on to have manual sex oral sex vaginal intercourse uh, whatever but remember if somebody's paralyzed too they might like the idea of it but they may not feel they may actually feel more in other parts of mm -hmm. their body and mm -hmm. have orgasm in, mm -hmm. in different ways mm -hmm. but the interesting part about it is when it's done and completed the surrogate goes yeah that's it yeah of course and who remains is the supervisor or the counselor mm -hmm. and that's the safety part of it right, yeah because I'd have to say, because 99.9.9, .9, you're not going to marry your patient. <laughs> Except for Volker. <laughs> and I say that, I say that because, again, there's no accidents in my life. And so, so six years you, into... You had this a, a, a patient, you were the surrogate. I was a surrogate. <laughs> I was supervised by uh -huh. these two Mm -hmm. And um, six years in, and I had never been really attracted. I mean, there were people I liked working with better. There were people I was very interested in. And we went step by step, people that we cheered and cried. And oh my gosh. Um, and they went off. I remember one person, before I say this, one person, he worked um, with the... Um, oh gosh, in the... Uh, but he was always on a ship with men mm. mm -hmm. and when we got to the um the shower experience started to cry mm -hmm. cry here was this man who was like oh my gosh and so much much and he needed he needed help in in mm -hmm. first you brush your teeth and and you know mm -hmm. gargle and mm -hmm. and take a shower and okay but he was so vulnerable and he said if i never have sex with anybody i know i can feel Mm. And we also, it, it, just amazing story. So, all right, I'm going six years along. And remember, this is before Viagra. So we have to look at this. This is pre-Viagra, mm -hmm. pre-Cialis, yeah, no, pre-all yeah, yeah, yeah. these So all ED was not, you know, uh, could not be healed. except Not in the same yeah, ways right, that we right, have. Right, right. And so um, uh, someone said, I have a patient and I'd like you to see him. Okay, fine. Because we always meet in the counselor's office. Mm -hmm. You just First, don't go yeah. into somebody's home environment right. Or, right. or hotel or whatever. Mm -hmm. And we meet in the, in the uh, psychiatrist or the counselor's office. I have a right to say no thank you as a mm -hmm. surrogate. And the person has a the right. Patient, yeah. The patient has a right to say that. So now remember, these were the days I was not the counselor in supervision. Yes, yes. I couldn't do that. Okay. Mm -hmm. I was the surrogate being supervised. I walk in, and there's this gentleman, and I'm fine, and yet there's a feeling. And I'm like, oh, Marilyn, maybe you're getting unprofessional because you've never felt this. And the interesting part is that this particular patient also had the feeling. <laughs> and this particular patient has, is my, now my husband who's sleeping over there when he's not feeling so well. Oh, 40 and, years. Uh, yeah, 40 years. Well, half of the time we were not married. Um, so how long we were Okay, so how long were you actually working together as surrogate patient? Well, see, I went back to the I went back to the uh, supervisor. supervisor and said, "I can't work with him." And he said, "Why?" And I said, 
because I'm attracted in a different way and I don't want to mess him up and I don't want to be accused of transference and then uh, I don't want to mess up this patient. Mm-hmm. He said, you know, sometimes that happens and let's see if we can find another surrogate. Well, there wasn't, but, but what happened is David wooed me, wooed me. <laughs> the mm-hmm. word is wooed. Mm-hmm. And I was like, transference, transfers. So for years, it was just like, okay, so we, but we did the program. We did the oh, same. You did do the surrogate program. We did program. the same, mm-hmm. same thing. Mm-hmm. The protocol. <laughs> I just wasn't in that surrogate role. Mm-hmm. Um, and so our joke is 40 years later, is this still transference? That's our joke. <laughs> and uh, That's great. he was yeah. married before, but you see, he had, and here's the interesting part. He had onset early things of diabetes. Mm-hmm. And in those days, we weren't trained like we are now. Now counselors would say, tell me what runs in your family. Mm-hmm. You got diabetes running in your family. You need to go not only get checked, but that's what might be creating and for the him, sexual dysfunction, the erection problem, dysfunction. exactly mm-hmm. was because of the diabetes. Mm-hmm. Okay, his diabetes is under control, but he still, since he's now close to eighty, but um, mm-hmm. since he's been forty-seven, he's not gotten an erection on his own now. Then Viagra came along, mm-hmm. and they uh, Pfizer said, "Would you want to speak for it? See how these things happen. These things happen. They mm-hmm. just come. They just kind of open the doors." And I go, "Okay." And as long as I'm not asked to do anything illegal or unethical, um, is so we spoke for a while, and for a while Viagra worked, and then it didn't because the diabetes got worse, and he's got stents in his heart. He's had heart attacks and high blood pressure, and so. The interesting part, all this stuff that I had learned from being a surrogate Mm -hmm. worked for us personally as well. And um, he now can't get an erection uh, since he's been 47. Now he would have to uh, take a shot Mm -hmm. in his, like an EpiPen Mm -hmm. in his penis. Mm -hmm. Papaverine, regitine, prostaglandins. And so... And there are some newer techniques now, but they didn't have them in those days. So he was put into a surrogate doctor, program. And what doctor probably. does one go to for that uh, for that type of medication? Oh, you mean the 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 uh, um, shot? Mm-hmm. That would be a urologist okay. yeah. who is trained. That's what I thought. But just a urologist. That's why we know right. our dream yes. team people. Yeah. A urologist who is trained mm-hmm. and would want to know. Who are you seeing? If you have this problem, who's your counselor you're seeing? So the dream teams work yeah, really well. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, the, the younger sex therapists, often they work like once a week in the doctor, the medical right, doctor's right. office, yes, yes, where they meet yes, the patient, yeah, which I yeah. think is killer. That yeah, is like it's, great, that's how great, it great, great, how it yeah. should be. So, what makes a good surrogate? Like what type of personality? Or Well, I think it probably would be a Scorpio, but that's because I... <laughs> well, I'm a but, Sag. Um, oh, yeah, a Sag too, right. But, yeah. but, you know, I think it has to do with understanding that you're there, and I think of it because I'm a teacher. Mm-hmm. It's in, it's offering someone this, this learning opportunity. And if I can do that step by step by step and being supervised and also that whatever the other issues are, they're being addressed. Mm -hmm. Surrogacy does not, it's not a magic answer. Mm-hmm. It's not for everybody, and so. Oh, for sure, it's not for everybody. But mm-hmm. I do feel that you know more people should you know look into it at least you know take the training and see how they feel. And I and I and I think that there is a self healing that happens in that process too, mm-hmm. because being able to learn that in order to help others, just like you said, sure. helps you in your own sex life. Sure. You know, Absolutely. and being able to kind of slow the sexual experience down right. and get it down to the mechanics, yes. right, and kind of liberate it uh, for under whatever guise, liberate it from all of the you know romantic assumptions or all of the you know impassioned, eroticized, um, you know, tropes uh, that, that, we're, you know, that we're so, like, committed to right. by our conditioning. Right. Liberating that from, like, the bodily func- functions and sensations, I think, is healthy for everyone. And also people get, get really bad advice. Like, if you have a 40-year-old virgin, let's say, and you're told, hey, go to this club, 
Right. They are so scared. And so we have to go step by step with them mm-hmm. many times mm-hmm. to say, well, let's meet outside before a session and let's meet for coffee or let's meet for lunch because they have no dating experience of, mm-hmm. of what do you talk about? What, right. what is it? They can be absolutely Brilliant. Absolutely yeah. brilliant, and uh-huh. they can be very successful on uh-huh. their job, very, very much. Yeah. But that shy, well, they, they may be overthinkers, you know, oh, which makes them really much. good at something, very much, but not so good with their sensual expression. <laughs> and and so they've been given advice, like, and and I have no problems if somebody says I'm a part of the lifestyle, and they have an open relationship where they go to clubs that we used to call swinging clubs. Okay, but. But that is not the place for a 40-year-old virgin. Like, hey, just go there and, and you can have sex with somebody. Right. They've never even held hands. Mm-hmm. So well, also, you know, sex and intimacy, like intimate sex and like a quickie or transactional sex are very, very different experiences. Absolutely. So someone may very well have had transactional sex. And I don't mean simply with like a sex yes. worker. It could be like on a date, on sure. Tinder or whatever, sure. a dating app. You go, you pay sure. for dinner, you have a quickie. But that's not the same as understanding your body right. and like, you know, the range of your sexual language and the range of your sexual experience and how far you can go, which takes time and intimacy and trust and openness. And, and like you said, that's where the learning comes in. Absolutely. Um, and it's a shame to kind of like die and have only had sex one way, the first way that you came yes, up with. Yes, yes. <laughs> By the way, anything that has to do inside the body, there's on me, not in me, on me, not in me, on me, not in me. Anything inside the body is done with safety. There's always right. is yeah. done with. Yeah. Yeah. We have our surrogates tested. Mm-hmm. We have the patients tested. Mm-hmm. We have uh, anything that's inside a condom is used. Always. Right. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah. And I always advocate that for sure, you know, just every time you have a new lover, get a test, you know, like have it readily available. It's not such a big deal. I don't know why it's not like a, a matter of course, like, you know, a, a basic, uh, like a social endeavor, exchange. You know, exactly. this is my phone number. Uh, papa, uh, oh, I really want to be with you. Oh, I want to be with you too. Okay. I'm going to like email you my, you know, latest like blood work. Done. It doesn't have to be like a big project, uh, you know, or or have any personalized meaning. Um, And, and, you know, the same thing I feel, you know, with like the language, you know, the language of sex, which is not the same as the language that we use all the time Mm -hmm. and having access to that, Mm -hmm. you know, and knowing like special terms allows you to understand what's happening to you and what's happening to them and then you normalize all kinds of stuff that otherwise feels like it's fringe or you know whatever uh, too far out or stigmatized in some way right part of that body mapping i'm thinking part of them is not only looking at your body but also being allowed to look at the surrogate's body and Mm -hmm. i'm talking whether it's fingernails Mm -hmm. toenails Labia, mm-hmm. scrotum, mm-hmm. anus, mm-hmm. earlobe. <laughs> mm-hmm. it's, it's also really, I call it the extraordinariness, the extraordinary art of bodies. Mm-hmm. And, and again, the patients who are candidates for surrogate work, has never ha- they've never really had that opportunity. Or they did, and then as some of the patients had horrific accidents or soldiers mm-hmm. come back mm-hmm. and, and people didn't want to be mm-hmm. with them mm-hmm. and they didn't know how their new body worked. Mm-hmm. But, by, so, yeah. but, but by taking that into our own practice, mm-hmm. you know, and our own kind mm-hmm. of like sex life, I feel that we liberate each other from like the cliches that are so artificial and do not serve us personally, any of us. Mm-hmm. Um, about beauty, mm-hmm. you know, and so to be able to say to do this body mapping um, and you know and do it with a, with open conscious you know heart, it kind of liberates each other from all kinds of like self judgments, yep. you know. Oh, like I have nice boobs, but I don't have a nice butt, or mm-hmm. or you know my ears are are too big, but I have nice fingers. You know how we and 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 this is all like. Um, 
stories, harmful stories, that we tell ourselves based on, you know, a narrative that's set up by whatever, branding corporations, <laughs> by an economy that wants to sell us goods, you know. Yes. And so I feel like instead of, you know, having painful cosmetic work and, you know, kind of getting in the body and, and changing it and hurting it and cutting it and nipping it, in order to, you know, hopefully fit in and in the process scarring it, creating scar tissue for life. Uh, instead of that, you know, maybe you can just meet a partner and do this mapping and try on both ends to liberate yourself from what you think is n the norm. So if your partner doesn't look like the magazines look, you know, accept that. Like, that's really the first step to a great sex life, okay. I feel. Liberate yourself mm -hmm. from the establishment and find, you know, the beauty in everything, the way that we would with something non-human, you know? Absolutely. We could see a dog and say, oh, that's so cute. Or we could see a flower and say, that's so beautiful. We don't have a standard. We don't say, oh, no, you know, like, that has to look like a rose. Yep. It, Right, but so in everything else, we allow more variety, uh, and we're interested and welcoming the variety. And if we can do that in you know with our bodies, mm -hmm. Uh, mm -hmm. in in the process of intimacy, I think that would be like game changing. And you know what I find is people who go through this process, they have great skills. They develop. And I'm, and I'm certainly not against get up, get in, get out, get off, goodbye. I'm not against it. <laughs> I am. Well, if it's, it's, if it's the only option. Yeah. <laughs> not against it. But this process offers people to develop skills mm -hmm. that a lot of people who have had lots of sex may not have. Right. Skills and communication. And by the way, I work with people who are nonverbal. So, so when we talk about language... Um, how people communicate is really, really interesting. Yeah. In, yeah. Um, and, of course, people from different cultures and, and how they were taught mm -hmm. and what was not said and mm -hmm. what mm -hmm. they have great questions about. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Legitimate, very wonderful. Mm -hmm. I'm really looking at, because a lot of teenagers now, when you were talking about body, um, one of the students that um, I was teaching at St. Thomas University um, uh, showed me something called it's it's on a YouTube called Big Mouth, and Big Mouth is a cartoon person that was talking. And there's a number of them. This one was about bodies and about there's no one right body. And so, but they were doing it in kind of a rap and kind of a cartoon form. And I'm thinking, I'm hoping that this next generation, when they see Ken and Barbie, who still don't have genitals, my <laughs> baby dolls I have, the baby dolls I have have all their parts. They have all their parts, their genitals mm -hmm. on them. But Ken and, and okay, um, still has bumps. But they're mm -hmm. coming in different ethnicities, and we're seeing the different uh, qualities and different sizes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. I hope young people also could come right. to that place yeah. Yeah. of knowing about yeah. my body is not the same even as yours, but I might be even responding differently about what oh, yeah. I might like to sure. touch. Everybody or, responds differently. Oh, oh. Everybody looks differently. Every genital is different. It's like your fingerprints. There were each, you know, different. We're going to be different. We're going to sure. react differently. And I find that that's like part of the of the beauty of, of sexuality, you know, and the closer you look yes. at, at the body and its responses and, and how it's truly like an instrument, you know, when it's loved, um, the more exciting it becomes. Absolutely. So, you know, instead of like getting stuck on some cliche, you know, uh, image that's taken from a distance, you know, just going in and, and, you know, being open, I think, is pretty re revelatory. And it does make you a better lover, so it makes you then more popular. Yes, <laughs> I personally think, think it's appropriate for everybody. Virgins of so. all ages. I think like, so. Why wouldn't it be appropriate if it were socially acceptable? Imagine, you know, that, like, you go to school and you have someone teach you these things so you're not, like, guessing 
screen or looking at porn or trying to listen to like your older siblings, um, you know, and having, it's already such a difficult age. And then you come up with all kinds of misconceptions that stay with you yep. until, you know, something major happens for, for them to change. Like, you know, you take sex classes, sex ed classes, for example, or listen to the show. Um, and I did want to mention regarding the surrogacy program, I asked you about the insurance, you know, mm -hmm. what I liked about that aspect is that, you know, in our culture right now, especially in, you know, uh, late capitalist America, um, a, a lot of these lessons and services are expensive. Oh, so like yes. we have a version of it in tam Tantra or a version, you know, there are different versions of, 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 of this learning, you know, to kind of like slow down and experience sex in different new, open, you know, limitless ways that are not defined by male ejaculation or even female ejaculation right. alone. Right. Um, but they're not available to the the people, they're not available to the you know, working class people, they're not available to the people who can't afford them, they're not available to the people who are not well enough. So again, it becomes something that like is, is available to the elite. Yes, yes. <laughs> if they look for it, yes. But yeah, you know, it, it should be a free service. Right. It should be something it's, that we oh. are, you know, that by free I mean that the government or you know the the, the philanthropists or whatever, you know, kind of open it up and make it accessible to millions and millions of people around the world. And Which I think is why that would everybody make should have everybody healthier and uh, options yeah. of many many things. Yes, yes, and yes. and it can be. It should be that's, covered. That's why every health insurance. That's why I believe in the supervision part, mm -hmm. so that the supervisor can put it under anxiety with mixed features intervention. You don't have to say surrogate. You don't have to do that to um, break confidentiality. Um, and I'm really glad that has worked for a number of people. And I've just been so. Well, the only word that I, because I came from a religious background, is blessed to be mm -hmm. in these situations. Yeah, it is a blessing. And guess I was thinking of another one. We were working with a transgender person who was making transitioning and really did not have hardly any sex at all and so worked with one, um, surrogate, one surrogate one gender, and one gender and then in transitioning, worked with the other. And That's beautiful. Oh, my gosh. It was an amazing, amazing process. Not that mm -hmm. it was easy mm -hmm. on, on this person's side. It was very brave. Mm -hmm. And it was very, very interesting to see. Mm -hmm. And the reason was that they wanted to be comfortable with the body parts that were not going to be changed, and they wanted to have some experiences about what can I do step by step by mm -hmm. step with the body parts that I have. Mm -hmm. And don't have to necessarily go out and mm -hmm. find somebody. Mm -hmm. And usually it's somebody I would have to, you know, go online. And, how, and I'm not, again, a lot of people go online. They find partners. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What I love about this program is that it's step by step mm -hmm. with a lot of communication about it. Mm -hmm. And, oh, Yay. So I'm very much for it. And uh, I have yeah. three of the most yeah. wonderful surrogates that yeah. I've worked with. And there yeah. are many around. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there I are many around. I am certainly not against... And it, it exists yes. and people can Google it. Yeah. And also you uh, were one of the founders of the Sexology um, Institute. Institute, in the International. International, right, the right. International um, uh, Institute of Clinical Sexologists, mm -hmm. and that's Dr. Carol Clark. Mm -hmm. and Which, uh, once again, you know, that's part of the process of education, you know, sp spreading the learning, the sexual learning. So, you know, taking the classes, being certified, um, you know, and then, you know, advising, coaching. This is all of what we can do to kind of, you know, incorporate sexual study mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, into our, uh, you know, our own right. sex lives. And I want to tell you, we are going to brag about Florida because there's mm -hmm. a lot of things not to brag about Florida, but okay. Mm. Um, Florida is one of the only states where you must take a sexuality class at a master's level to get licensed as a mental health or counselor. And it was not required before, and it's not required. But what happened is somebody did something 
that was inappropriate, lost their license, okay, and everything like that. And so we in Florida said, we got to do something. We have to. Right. And why yeah. wouldn't a counselor Can take you imagine, a like sexuality that, that class? To, why? That, that drama or tragedy has to happen for that to become law. That would I be would, just normally That should be it. That should oh. be part of it. That should be part of it worldwide. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I mean, I'm arguing for sexuality class before you graduate, you know, high school, not maybe even younger, middle school. So for sure, we <laughs> if go you're going to be a therapist. Into, yeah, we go into uh, middle schools, and the way that happened was because of the AIDS project, and uh -huh. this was in the 80s, and we had gay men's health crisis in New York and gay men's health crisis in Los Angeles. Yeah. That's all we had. Yeah. There were no, yeah. it wasn't even called HIV. And they were, oh, you know, we had to tell people they had this and we didn't even know. It was, there was no 1-800 numbers. And certainly we didn't have PEP and PrEP and all the wonderful things that are there now. But yeah, it PEP was, and PrEP are, are pills to take yes. before and after sex. Right. When, when you're having thinking gay, about exposed HIV, gay sex, yeah. and also uh, a person who's heterosexual can take it too. But the interesting part of it is that, um, and not everybody it doesn't work for everybody. Remember, if you take a med, what works for one doesn't right, always work exactly. for another. So yeah. we're always interested to see what happens and how does it work with other things that you're taking. So mm -hmm. we didn't have any of those. And so we were going by the seat of our pants when you start something. and But we got to write curriculum. And that mm -hmm. meant we got to write school curriculum. Mm -hmm. And that meant, because I was a teacher, mm -hmm. I could go in and teach schools, mm -hmm. principals, Every, everybody, everybody we went in to teach, uh, the public health department and the school systems, we joined together on a dream team. And for everybody from the head of the school system, everybody, to people who cook, to people who clean, to, to all the teachers, and we wrote curriculum. And middle school is where it starts, exactly, and goes up from there. So we've been very, very happy about that oh, yeah. in no, we've Florida. A long in way in but general. the World Health Association, the, mm -hmm. World, um, the World Association of Sexology, WAS, has some great training programs exactly. around the yeah. world. So. Yeah. yeah. So just look for it all. Keep staying curious. Uh, thank you for coming, Marilyn. Oh, this happy was just sexuality <laughs> to everybody. Everybody. Happy sexuality to everybody. Yes, yes, yes. 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 Thank you but, for listening. But you don't say thank you for coming uh, too loosely to a sex therapist. You say thank you for arriving. <laughs> just a sexology <laughs> joke about coming. And uh, I hope you all come in, in healthy ways. So um, thank you for trusting oh, us. Sure. Oh, and sure. until next week, speak sex. Still my. Could make love incessantly, I would be gone.